The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Voter fraud. Voter fraud. Voter fraud. Voter fraud. 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 Election fraud have been thrown around way too many times in the past few years without any serious evidence to back up those claims. But tonight, an election for mayor has just been thrown out by a judge who concluded that fraud did impact a recent vote and ordered a new election. We don't give money in exchange for votes. But Springfield election workers tell a different story. In sworn affidavits and surveillance video obtained by Western Mass News, I saw a scrawny guy in a light blue hoodie bring a lot of Spanish-speaking people into the elections department. He said to the people in Spanish, vote for Hearst and you'll get $10. Hundreds of votes is potentially tainted by video that allegedly shows somebody stuffing a ballot box. The video, Judge Clark called it shocking. I think, uh, I think most people would share that. You can see a woman who the Gomez campaign identifies as Bridgeport City Hall employee Wanda Jeter Patiki walking up to the drop box and placing multiple ballots inside. Several different clips allegedly showing her or others at her direction depositing absentee ballots into a drop box, at one point high-fiving someone. She was asked about it all, of course, but dozens of times her lawyer invoked her Fifth Amendment right. And it wasn't just her, the Gomez campaign played in court nine different people making 24 drops of apparently multiple ballots into absentee ballot boxes. In his ruling, Connecticut State Superior Court Judge William Clark said he found the evidence from the Gomez campaign credible, said there was enough evidence to call the entire election into question. This was a, probably the clearest case of ballot harvesting that I, I think has been proven really in the United States. Wow. I mean, they actually are you saying they actually caught people on tape stuffing ballot boxes in this mayoral race in Connecticut? You, you wonder, these are the same people when uh, Dinesh D'Souza, it was even before 2000 Mules, it was all over the Internet on tape. People stuffing ballot boxes three years ago during the presidential election. Remember that? These same people said Dinesh D'Souza's video, all of the video he captured of people stuffing ballot boxes. That was a conspiracy theory in 2020. Now, I mean, in the last few weeks, we've heard about fraud. We've heard about voting fraud in Connecticut, in New Jersey, in Michigan, and on and on it goes. You're listening to Stephen Fleury, and this is the Trumpet Daily. Can hardly believe it's the last show of the week. You can get to the live video stream of this show at trumpetdaily.com or at our Rumble channel. Just go to rumble.com forward slash Trumpet Daily, and you can join in on the live chat, or you can leave us a nice comment down below. I uh, also was just uh, flipping through my phone the other night, 
and was reminded of the fact that, of course, you can download the audio of this show through iTunes or whatever else on your device. Uh, so you can get to the show, and more and more people are getting to it. The, uh, the documentary that we released on Tuesday, Israel's 9-11, I think it's now our third or fourth most viewed video at the Rumble channel. So if you haven't seen that yet, make sure you take some time this, uh, this weekend to watch. It's very sobering. It's not for children. Uh, but make sure you take the time to watch this video. It's hard to believe. I mean, we're not even a month removed from the October 7 massacre in southern Israel. But there's quite a few people, even commentators, that are out there saying it wasn't really as bad as what some people are saying, or it, it didn't. Some of the things they're saying happened. It didn't really happen. Well, you can watch for yourself on this video. There's no narration. There's no commentary except what you hear from the video footage. There's a few graphics that we put on screen just so that you can know the timing or whatever it is that's happening. But other than that, watch it for yourself. You see, like with 2,000 mules, people aren't stupid. They watched that documentary. They watched it with their own eyes. And they saw what some talking heads can now obviously see. You see, when it's two Democrats, when it's two Democrats fighting for a political race, they want power so much. They are obsessed with obtaining power that they'll then take the video evidence to court. And in this case, of course, there is a judge that's willing to look at the evidence. Not so in 2020. Did you know that today, Today is the three-year anniversary of Barack Obama's election steal of 2020. He stole it and handed it right over to his puppet, Joe Biden. Three years ago today, Sam was just reminding me as I came up here, the sleepless nights that he and I both had that week as we were sitting there watching this play out, thinking, is this really happening? Are people really falling for this? Well, it turns out most people, most people didn't. But all the talking heads, including Fox News, they were in on it. Fox News, they started the whole thing with calling Arizona before it was done, before people had even come out of the polls. They called Arizona. They got the ball rolling. And then you get midway through the night and everything shuts down. Never had happened in history. Never. Everything shuts down. And then the next few days, they were able to complete the steal. Who can forget? Saturday afternoon, I remember where I was that night. And then the media announced that Joe Biden, Joe Biden is the next president of the United States. And then he went out. Remember all the cars honking? Something like 20 cars. And that was it. And then he went to the inauguration. Nobody was there. So much fakery. So much phoniness. So many lies. So much deception. President Trump was on to it from the very beginning. Some of you might remember when he came out in the middle of the night. This is uh, November 3rd, November 4th, 2020. He came out and he said this at the White House. This is a fraud on the American public. This is an embarrassment to our country. 
We were getting ready to win this election. Frankly, we did win this election. So our goal now is to ensure the integrity for the good of this nation. This is a very big moment. This is a major fraud in our nation. We want the law to be used in a proper manner. So we'll be going to the U.S. Supreme Court. We want all voting to stop. We don't want them to find any ballots at 4 o'clock in the morning and add them to the list. Okay? It's, it's a very sad, it's a very sad moment. It was a sad moment. And as it happens, the radical left, they found those ballots. They found them Wednesday and then Thursday and then Friday and then Saturday afternoon. Fox News and all the rest. They anointed Joe Biden as the 46th president of the United States. It was a fraud from the beginning, a sad moment in the history of the United States. And as President Trump said there, look, we're going to take this to a judge. We're going to show them. But he, he just couldn't get a judge like the mayor candidate in Connecticut, Bridgeport. He couldn't get a judge to actually look at or to consider the affidavits. Oh, the stacks and stacks of affidavits that... Giuliani, Jenna Ellis, and all of them presented before all of these state legislatures. Now, I mean, those people, those Trump-supporting lawyers that supported Donald Trump in 2020, early 2021, well, they're now being sued. They've, according to Jake Tapper, they fell for the big lie. And the lie was that there was election fraud through and through. So for two years, for two years, you couldn't even really talk about it. And some people that did talk about it are now in prison. But now, like I say, you're seeing all these stories right and left. This is from Conservative Treehouse. In Bridgeport, Connecticut, State Judge William Clark has thrown out the results of the September Democrat primary election and ordered a new primary to be scheduled and conducted. He, a judge, looked at video and saw ballot boxes being stuffed and said, you know what, we're going to have a redo. Where was this three years ago? (laughs) People, People see what's going on. People know they've been lied to. The judge reviewed CCTV footage showing Wanda, they've got names, they've got footage. Dinesh D'Souza revealed all that in 2000 Mules. Vice chair of the Bridgeport Democratic Town Committee and operations specialist for the city. And then this other woman, Anita Martinez, a former city council member working to support the party approved candidate. Both Pataki and Martinez participated in absentee ballot fraud, ballot harvesting, and ballot stuffing at drop boxes. Both women invoked the Fifth Amendment when confronted as witnesses <laughs> by the judge. They, they took their, they, you know, they didn't want to talk. They didn't want to talk in court. They don't want to talk under oath. 
They plead the fifth. Imagine if there would have been a courageous judge or two or three or four, two and a half, three years ago. There were none. Remember, they dismissed all the case on standing, something most people had never even heard of. Well, this isn't really the appropriate venue for that kind of argument. So judge after judge after judge rejected it, even though, even though there was an entire documentary film showing, showing these people stuffing ballot boxes. Listen to Charlie Kirk. He's a, a conservative commentator. This is uh, clip 13. What I personally love about this Bridgeport, Connecticut story is that it looks identical to the 2000 Mules footage. In fact, when I first saw the footage, I thought I was watching 2000 Mules. And you watch the 2000 Mules footage, it's people that get out of cars, they start stuffing multiple ballots in. And the media did an entire operation to try to discredit 2000 Mules. They sued the movie, they smeared the movie, they said it wasn't true, whole thing. And here in Bridgeport, Connecticut, you see, this is what's so interesting. The Democrats want power so badly they can't resist. They can't resist. If this would have happened and a Republican would have won by 250 votes or 500 votes or Democrat, like, they wouldn't have, they would, oh, okay, eh, stay away. The fact that it's Democrat on Democrat, oof. It really makes you think. Those videos look like they're straight out of Fulton County or Detroit or Philly. So if this was fraud in a national race, who would catch it? No one. The person who did this and the people who did this in Bridgeport, Connecticut, were they trained? Was there a workshop, a seminar, a blueprint, a playbook? Was there a list of best practices? By the way, will arrests be made? Will people be perp-walked? Where's the FBI? Uh, good question. Where is the FBI? How come the FBI is not more interested in this? There was the story a few months ago coming out of Michigan where local law enforcement, remember, they found all of this evidence of fraud. And then the FBI, the FBI zoomed in took over the case and said, we've got it from here. Oh yeah, what's, what's, what's happened with that investigation? That's out of what he's talking about there, Charlie Kirk, is uh, out of Bridgeport, Connecticut. This is from Just the News. It says, according to the Attorney General's office, uh, Patterson City Council President Alex Mendez, also a Democrat, is facing additional charges in a 2020 election fraud uh, case after having previously been charged in June 2020 and February of 2021. This guy's a, like a serial cheater. On Wednesday, Platkin announced that new charges have been brought against Mendez and his associates regarding mail-in ballot election fraud, which occurred during the 2020 election that was mostly conducted by mail. So evidently it was it was going, and it's made, it's made possible by mass mail-in ballots, all the drop boxes and so on. And now they're seeing all these stories. You see, it, it, yes, it's happened at a local level, but it certainly didn't happen in 2020. Chris Krebs told us 2020 was perfect right across the board. Now here's all these localized stories and Democrats 
They want power, like Charlie Kirk said there. They want it so bad that they'll actually take the evidence to court. And a judge will hear it. Imagine that. He'll actually look at the video footage. It's as if these people have never seen 2,000 mules. I guess because Dinesh D'Souza produced it, it doesn't count. It's to be universally ignored by all the talking heads you heard there in the cold open. This is unbelievable. This is third world Banana Republic stuff. Dinesh D'Souza's latest movie, by the way, Police State, that's what we're seeing. They spring to action if it's Democrat on Democrat or if the Democrat's on the losing end. But everyone else, if a Republican loses, it was the most perfect election in the history of elections. It says, before the May 2020, this is from New Jersey, before the 2020 election in which Mendez was running for city council, he allegedly collected many mail-in ballots from households over several days in violation of state law. Did it, did it at the local level, but hey, it certainly didn't happen on the national level three years ago today. This is from uh, Western Mass News. Springfield, Massachusetts. What do we have? Connecticut, uh, Michigan, uh, New Jersey. Now let's go into Massachusetts. I could bring up more stories about Harris County, Texas. Cheating. It's rampant. Springfield, Mass. Candidate for Springfield mayor. You saw a little bit of this in the cold open. Justin Hurst is being accused of voter fraud just five days away from election night in affidavits. These are sworn affidavits. You lie on this. I mean, the penalty there is perjury. Just like you remember the stacks of affidavits that Rudy Giuliani had. Jake Tapper and others said it was just a conspiracy theory. But now in affidavits obtained by Western Mass News, the allegations from Springfield election department officials detail what they witnessed this past weekend during early voting in City Hall. It says they described voters being brought to the polls and expecting cash after casting their votes for Hearst. This is westernmassnews.com. It's happening in these deep, dark blue states. Massachusetts, Connecticut, uh, New Jersey. Where is the FBI? Where's the FBI? As Charlie Kirk asked right there. Well, you look at uh, a tweet yesterday from Michael Schellenberger. He's the uh, independent journalist. He says the FBI says it won't release January 6th surveillance video because it would show too many undercover government agents and informants. What? Shall I read it again? The FBI, your FBI, they can't release any more Jan 6 surveillance footage. Why? Well, because it would expose their agents. I mean, if Joe Biden exposes our agents or our Navy SEAL, that's, a, that's no problem. It's just a simple mistake. But the FBI, they sit on the video surveillance footage. Why? Because there were so many informants in the so-called January 6th insurrection. What does that tell you? That whole 
insurrection, quote unquote, was meant to cover up the fraud. Yeah, that's right. Senators, congressmen alike, they were prepared to contest the results of the election, to send it back to the state legislatures. That's what Mike Pence should have done. But then the media, together with Nancy Pelosi, the Washington, D.C. police, the radical left, they blew up this protest into an insurrection. And now they won't, they won't even release the footage. Well, some of it's out there. Look at this from, uh, from January 6th, clip one. right there happened before Donald Trump even finished his speech at the ellipse. And there's crazies in Colorado trying to take Trump off of the ballot for next year because he supposedly incited this. There's a lot of things that we could discuss regarding that video right there. For one, they don't, they don't look like MAGA supporters. I mean, some, some of them are wearing helmets, dressed in black, are how many of those people, the ones right there, how many of those people are in jail or have been in jail for two, three years? I don't know. I don't know. But if we had an honest FBI, you would think we'd know a little bit more about these kinds of videos. Remember, once they got in, there's a lot of people that just kind of wandered in. They're milling about. And the only act of horrific violence was when the Capitol Hill police shot and killed Ashley Babbitt. So Trump is still speaking. And this right here is going on. How many of them were informants? Well, we can't have too much additional footage blocks because it would reveal FBI sources. And we can't reveal sources or methods. We've got to keep that under wraps, you see. Where is the FBI? Where are they? Why aren't they more forthright? Why aren't they coming out and saying, look, we had such and such informants. Uh, we should have stopped it or tried to. Uh, they're not saying any of that because they were inciting it. That's, that's my commentary. Together with Antifa elements, for sure. But you don't get the truth, do you? Instead, the ones that came along later, the, the actual MAGA supporters... The ones that maybe did overstep the bounds and walked in. I've spoken to one of them. He was with two family members. That tell, he, they told him, don't go in, don't go in. He wanted to go in. He did for a few minutes. And, and 
At least he's not one that's languishing in jail, like so many others are. President Trump referred to them yesterday. He was down in Houston. He referred to them not as, not as prisoners, but hostages. And he's right. You, you listen to that national anthem that they, they sing from the D.C. Gulag. It, it brings tears to your eyes. As you think about these people languishing in prison for, what, over two years now? Three years today, the election steal. They pull off the election steal, and then they do everything they can, the deep state, to put Trump supporters in jail. Even to this day, even after October 7, you listen to Chris Ray or whoever, and they speak of MAGA supporters as a greater threat than any other movement, including Hamas. That's true. This is the United States today languishing away in jail, singing the national anthem, Donald Trump with the voiceover over it. This is what he had to say yesterday in Houston, clip two. Thank you very much. And you know what that was? That was, I call them the J6 hostages, not prisoners. I call them the hostages, what's happened. And it's a shame. And, you know, they did that and they asked me whether or not I would partake and do the beautiful words. And I said, yes, I would. And you saw the spirit. The uh, the spirit was incredible. And when that came out, it went to the number one song. It was beating everybody. It beat uh, Taylor Swift. It beat Molly Cyrus, who was number one and two. They were number one and two. We knocked them off for a long time. That song was out there for a long time. That's Donald Trump from uh, his address down in Texas yesterday. They're, uh, they're hostages. They're hostages. In jail for, for what? Trespassing? What about the footage that we have seen? It's a shame. It's a shame that uh, the Republicans in the House and the FBI, it's a shame that they haven't released more, but that which we have seen, the police just lobbing these flashbangs at the crowd, blowing up in the crowd of protesters, Everything about the protest had been approved in advance by the authorities. It's, it's Americans' constitutional right, after all. What a setup. Newsweek says, Donald Trump wasn't at Mar-a-Lago for a red carpet movie premiere Wednesday night, but his presence was felt and celebrated by around 500 conservative influencers, media personalities, and politicians who were there, talks about the premiere for the documentary Police State by Dinesh D'Souza. It says, while not there, Trump posted online his support for the film, and midway through the party, D'Souza read the message aloud to guests. The movie exposes the, the witch hunt that the deep state has against me, and the police state is coming for you, Trump wrote. He's right. 
He's right. Let me look at look at these stories about all the election fraud going on around the country. And then the same people commenting on it are the ones that said it never happened. Never happened in 2020. It was too perfect. It was too secure. Obama himself, the dear leader, told us it couldn't happen. The Atlantic. Donald Trump deserves a fair trial. You wonder if they're preparing themselves for when this goes bad. All these bogus trials. Bringing in Don Jr., then Eric Trump. And they've all got to argue with some left-wing judge about how much Donald Trump is worth. Well, I mean, it's, everybody would have a different number as far as that goes. But yeah, that's how they're trying to take him out, put him in prison, dissolve his assets in New York State. The Atlantic says, this is the Atlantic. I mean, this is left wing. Among President Trump's opponents, the overwhelming instinct will be to support every prosecution argument on every contested point to be effectively the prosecution's defense, but to support the legitimacy of the process, they will need to act with less prosecutorial zeal and more detached judgment precisely to prove that such judgments are still possible. In other words, they're not going to, they're, they're going to need to be a little less partisan, but uh, that's going to be tough for most partisans to do this day and age. All about politics. Just get rid of the bad orange man. When we come back, we'll update you on some of the latest developments in Gaza and Hezbollah. Nasrallah had a big speech in Lebanon today, and many had assumed that, uh, that uh, he would voice his support for Hamas and even declare war on uh, Israel. So still lots of intense activity happening in the little state of Israel in the Middle East. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. If you'd like to email the program, you can reach us at td at thetrumpet.com. My Twitter handle is at Stephen Flurry. Don't forget, if you are at the Rumble channel right now, if you're hearing me, if you're viewing this, make sure that you give us the thumbs up at Rumble so that uh, our ratings can, uh, can increase. We'll be right back. Daily News, Bible Prophecy. See the connection on The Trumpet Daily. Are you feeling overwhelmed by the flood of news and information? You need something to sift the news and bring you only what matters most. You need The Trumpet Daily. You also need something to help you understand not just what's happening now, but what will happen next. You need The Trumpet Daily. Only The Trumpet Daily accurately matches daily news to precise Bible prophecies. Because Bible prophecy is the only tool up to the task of sifting the news down to what's important and showing you what will happen next. Join host Stephen Flurry every weekday. Go to TrumpetDaily.com.
can you ask for a ceasefire? How can you ask for Israel to stop their aggression when you go on television in Lebanon here last week and say that you will continue your aggression? You will continue you to launch to, uh, October yes, 7th yeah. again want, and again and what again. What do you want us to do? To stop? If you're asking for to a stop? ceasefire, okay, if you're asking are, for a ceasefire, okay, it has okay. to be two no, ways. No, I am talking that we want to continue against the occupation. This is our national, our, our, our legal right to fight against the occupation. It is according to international law, according to all the regulation in the world. It is, in Europe, you fight against the Nazis. That's the Hamas spokesman saying that, look, we've got a right to resist. That's how they, that's how they cover up their invasion, their, their offensive warfare against Israel. We have the right to fight. Israel, though, we're calling on Israel to stop fighting. At least to his credit, the reporter says, how can you call on them to stop fighting if you won't stop fighting? Good question. Good question for the Hamas rap. Israel's now the IDF there in Gaza. They've surrounded uh, Gaza City. And Hamas is estimated to have 30,000 fighters, and there hasn't been the, you know, the hand-to-hand combat or the street fighting that many have expected. Not to this point, most of the news coming out of Gaza has to do with the bombing campaign, which continues as well. But we'll see if it, uh, if it comes down to that bloody warfare. As I mentioned before the break, you've got the Hezbollah leader, Nasrallah, in uh, Lebanon, Uh, came out with a statement or a speech just today, just an hour or so before we came to air here, and it wasn't quite as fiery as some were expecting. So maybe Hezbollah is having, uh, maybe they're lying. You never know. You can't really take what they say as exactly what's going to happen. But uh, maybe Hezbollah is having second thoughts about jumping into the fray. We'll see. We'll see what happens in the days ahead. Uh, But behind it all, of course, is Iran, the number one state sponsor of terrorism. And I mean, they, (laughs) they have exposed themselves. The goal here, it's never been two states living peacefully side by side. It's kill Jews. Kill Jews. And that's what our documentary shows. I mean, it's not It's not so graphic that you can't watch it. I mean, some people maybe have struggled because it is fairly graphic. It's not for children, as I say, but it's what happened. It's an invasion by Hamas, and they were broadcasting it proudly because they wanted to kill Jews, grandmothers, babies, families, children, all of them. Just shoot them down, behead them, burn them alive. It's, a, it's a, a sobering yet very powerful documentary because there's, there are people, as I, say it, as I say, we're not even a month removed, and there are people that are already, in some form or fashion, denying that it happened and just saying Israel's the problem, Israel's the occupier. Look at all the demonstrations that you see all across the, uh, the Western world. This is from the Washington Examiner. We talked about the Nazi sympathizers in higher education earlier this week. It says here, on a cold February evening in 1933, students of the Oxford Union debated and passed the motion that this house will in no circumstance fight for its king and country. You might remember this. 
from some of Churchill's writings, how embarrassed he was for Oxford, for higher education at that time, as they had sympathy for Hitler and said, we're not going to fight for our nation. The self-hatred. How do you explain this? <laughs> Donald Trump yesterday, he talked about establishing a new institution of higher learning that's just pro-American. I mean, I would suspect that that would be somewhat popular because there's nothing like that in the nation today. I mean, maybe you've got a few exceptions, Hillsdale, or uh, well, certainly this, this institution, Armstrong College. But the rest of them, look at what they're churning out. It says here, the students' pacifism and lack of patriotism was viewed as emblematic of the degeneracy of an ungrateful and self-indulgent young intellectual elite. Winston Churchill called the vote abject, squalid, shameless, and nauseating. That's 1933. This article says here, in our own time, just 18 months ago, the academic aristocracy at the Harvard Crimson endorsed the boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement that targets Israel. The BDS movement arose in 2005 as a policy advocated by Palestinian civil society groups to delegitimize and isolate Israel, similar to the anti-apartheid fight against South Africa. This story says here, as was the case with the Oxford Pledge, the publication of the Harvard Crimson's editorial immediately attracted national media attention. The regime media, they love it. They love the self-hatred that graduate, that graduate from, from uh, the university. This is from the Post Millennial. Editor of Harvard Law Review caught on camera harassing Jewish student during anti-Israel protest. Yeah, he's the editor of the Harvard Law Review. You may have seen pictures, video, of these people going around New York City or wherever and just tearing down these flyers that are, that are basically uh, saying, this guy's a hostage in Gaza. We need to save his life. And, and these, these Hamas supporters, they're just ripping them down on camera in some cases. The hatred for Israel. It says here, less than two weeks after Hamas brutally massacred hundreds of innocent civilians in Israel, a freshman from the Jewish state was verbally and physically harassed at the Harvard University campus by a group of students as he tried to make his way through a pro-Palestinian protest. One of those who partook in accosting the first year was Ibrahim Barmel, a student and editor of the Harvard Law Review. Now, he'd probably go right on from that job to working at CNN or the New York Times. Yeah, harassing a Jew, that's no problem. You put it on your resume, that probably gets you the job. This is from The Guardian. Well, I can skip over that one. But uh, over at Breitbart, man arrested after complaining about Palestinian flags flying in London, criticizing mass migration. He puts a post on Facebook. He says, look, we've allowed too much immigration into our nation. And now, following the October 7 massacre, I mean, I go outside my flat and 
there's all these Palestinian flags. What's going on? This is Britain. And guess what? He gets arrested. That guy for the Facebook post. Listen to this or look at this montage, clip three. Look at this. Yeah, you see it? And then over here at this one, we've got this going on as well. Yeah. And then we come along to this pool here, and they've then done the same here as well. Look at this. Jesus. This is, this is what we're dealing with. Look at this. This is the kind of nonsense we're dealing with, Bethnal Green. You let them into the country, and this they come up with. The reasons why we took it is on the 70th of the 10th of 2023, on Bethnal Green Road at 10 of 4, you, you witnessed us saying, obviously, people, why, why are they over here, etc. We let them into our country, etc. So? Uh, disgusting. He's up disgusting. Talking about John, have a coffee. Did, did, you, did you hear that? What? That, they almost Palestinian flags in Bethnal Green Road. Yes. And they disgusting. They absolutely disgusting. The terrorists. Why didn't you the terrorists. Why didn't you the terrorists. John. Why didn't you the terrorists. John. Look at the cops. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Because he mentioned Palestine. I don't care. I absolutely don't care. My Go soft on the tens of thousands of Hamas supporters who take to the streets in London. No problem with any of that. But go get the one guy who puts a Facebook post up saying, uh, what's going on in our nation? Why are we, le- why are we letting all of these ha- Hamas supporters in? Why are Palestinian flags flying in my neighborhood? The police, they go after him. It, m- it makes you think of the police and who they went after on January 6th. The police and who they went after during the COVID crisis. What is happening to our nations? How much longer can this go on before you just see civil war type conflict erupting in Britain, in the United States, in little Israel? That's, that's almost what they had going on even before October 7. Some are saying that's why they were caught completely unawares because there was so much infighting. You can be sure Iran and Hamas and Hezbollah, they take note of what's happening in our nations. Our nations are under attack, as we've said. America under attack, if you don't have that. Another book that I can draw your attention to, The King of the South, given all that's happening in the Middle East. The 800 number there at the bottom of the screen, 1-866-930-3024. This one comes from the Wall Street Journal. It says, many who rushed to support Black Lives Matter following the death of George Floyd. Professional sports leagues, Fortune 500 companies, placard-waving suburbanites now seem shocked at how BLM reacted to the October 7 terror attack in Israel. Yet nothing could have been more predictable. They seem shocked that BLM would come out and support Hamas, these same people. I played you the clip yesterday of the Hamas supporter out on the street preaching in support of Hamas wearing the BLM cap as well. 
says here, the anti-Semitism of the BLM movement isn't a quirk. The social media posts and manifestos aren't coming from a few intemperate voices who can safely be ignored to advance some greater good. It says for BLM activists, the greater good is scapegoating Jews, destroying Israel, and exploiting racial division. They're using an old but effective playbook to rally others to their cause, and they're counting on the ignorance, complacency, and guilt of white liberals to lend the movement credibility and power. That's basically the Wall Street Journal saying, you know what, BLM is a racist organization. I mean, they've got a lot of other problems as well. They've, they've taken billions, donations coming from around the world, and the leaders of that movement have went off and bought mansions with the money. It's just corrupt top to bottom. But here's the Wall Street Journal saying, oh, and by the way, they're also racist. Where was this? I don't know. I, I didn't read everything the Wall Street Journal was saying in the summer of love. But where was this commentary in 2020 when this group, this movement, was destroying the cities of the United States of America? And are they languishing in jail? The perpetrators of those crimes? The looters? The, the burners? The murderers in some cases? They go after Trump supporters. They'll put them in jail for nothing. These people got away with destroying American cities. And in some cases, even federal buildings, like over in Portland. And they got away with it, didn't they? Well, at least the Wall Street Journal's calling them what they actually are today. But like with so many, <laughs> so many of these stories that we discuss, on the program. Even, even conservative outlets are pressured, intimidated into silence or accepting the false narrative, you name it, or espousing lies. That's happened as well. Just coming back to the conflict in the Middle East, this is a quote from our book. I mentioned Jerusalem and prophecy. If you don't have that, again, call the 800 number. There it is on your screen. But this quote from the booklet, it says, Through the peace process, Judah has become vulnerable to the enemy with very little freedom to strike back. Just a few decades ago, it would have retaliated with far greater force, but not today. Soon the whole world will see what the Arabs saw all along, that the peace process is a wound from which the Jews will never recover. It's a wound. Look at the, the impossible position that they're in. I mean, it's as if the whole world is aligned against them. And for years, they've tried to make peace. They gave the Palestinians Gaza Strip. They gave them the whole strip. They actually went in there and took 10,000 of their own people out, forcibly, to give the Palestinians a state. But they now see... After the October 7 attack, they see, hey, we've got to destroy Hamas or else we're going to be destroyed. If you want to know, and there's some realignment coming in the, uh, the Arab world uh, because of a prophecy. Psalm 83 speaks of the 
nations, the Islamic nations that revolve around or rally around the number one state sponsor of terrorism, that would be Iran, and then some of the others, mostly Sunni, that align with the Assyrians or Germany, and how that that happens just before, just before the great tribulation conflict that Jesus spoke of in Matthew 24. That and much more is discussed in Jerusalem and Prophecy and the King of the South. Both of those booklets, if you don't have that in your library, make sure that you call our operators today and request free copies, 1-866-930-3024. Just to conclude with some email feedback, I've got so much other material here, but uh, I guess we'll have to push it back to Monday's program. Maybe we need a weekend program, a weekend update or special from time to time. I've joked um, from time to time about extending it on beyond the top of the hour. Maybe we'll have to do that. This one here says it was especially moving to honor Bob, Bobby Knight in the Trumpet Daily show yesterday. In today's world of dark confusion concerning masculine fatherly love, Bobby Knight was a beacon of light. How refreshing for me to feel Mr. Knight's spirit through your broadcast. Uh, this was on yesterday's show. If you haven't seen that one, you can go to our a Rumble channel or go to TrumpetDaily.com and uh, watch the second segment on yesterday's broadcast. But the spirit she speaks of through your broadcast enabling me to honor the love and the discipline I received from my own father during these same decades. She sounds like she's about my age and uh, appreciates Bobby Knight and what he did for Indiana University and for all those young men that played for him in the 1980s and the 1990s as well. This one here says, I just finished watching um, Israel's 9-11 and it left me very emotionally drained seeing what members of our family were focused or rather forced to go through was horrific. The child's mother telling him the rocket fire and explosives were fireworks was just gut-wrenching. The dead bodies and those who laid under them for survival. The blood, so much blood splattered on walls and the floor just coated with it. There's too much to describe and defi it definitely made me cry. The, the TD did a fantastic job putting this together. This is definitely not for children. That comes from one of our regular viewers. Another one here says, I admit that I didn't want to watch this documentary. I was dreading watching the evil and hate on full display. But I made myself watch it today. The inhumanity was heartbreaking. You did a great job of bringing war's misery to us so that we see a portion of all of what God is seeing here on earth. I mean, this, it's true. This is what God, when he looks at our society, our civilization, what must he think when he sees October 7s or when he sees 9-11s? It says, this is why we need to fervently pray for God's kingdom to come. I love the trumpet daily and would not miss it. Keep up the good work. 
Another one writes, today's program on Bobby Knight, awesome as usual. I was very blessed by God. I had two wonderful human fathers, my father and uh, a stepfather. I was also uh, a stepdaddy's girl as well as a daddy's girl. It says, my father and stepfather were kind to one another and my father would tell my sister and I that my mom did a good job of picking a stepfather for us and I agree. It says, eventually correction equals perfection. Don't practice until you get it right. Practice until you can't get it wrong. You do well on the show, and we certainly love you all. As I say, if you'd like to email the program with feedback, you can see the email address there at the, uh, the bottom of the screen. This one here says, I just finished watching Israel's 9-11. This should be shown on primetime TV, mandatory. Uh, for our government, for everyone to see, for everyone to see, and then she talks about the, the terrorists and says that they are beyond help. Thank you for the presentation. It, it's very hard to watch. God bless the families in this tremendous time of evil and be with the, uh, the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces. Another one here, finally, it says, I absolutely understand the need for this documentary, Israel's 9-11, um, that the monsters took video of themselves. It's so 100% sick. You all are awesome for exposing this before it gets scrubbed from history. God has assured us in his word that they will get the mercy that they gave, which is none. I've spent my life dedicated to helping all kinds of life. It's just so disturbing. So many people embrace and enjoy torture and murder. Well, it's a little bit of a negative note to end on, but there is hope beyond the present. Mystery of the Ages and so many of our other writings uh, bring that out. I mean, even the America Under Attack book does as well. But that's all that we have time for on today's show. You are listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show. We appreciate you joining us all week, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>